the ACC's Daily Agenda podcast, powered by Musashi. Good morning and welcome into a Monday edition of the Daily Agenda powered by Musashi uh, and today powered by Zoom as well. G Lane joining us uh, live and direct from the home office, I believe. Is that where you are, Lane? Yeah, look, this is this is school holidays. You know, uh, there's a lot of people out there who will be going through similar punishment uh, uh, to me. Um, school holidays are p- potentially something that don't brief you when you have children. No. It is, it is the worst time. Worst possible. And this is day, what, three, I guess, isn't it? Well, really day one. Yeah. Day one, um, I've had requests for Prime, uh, gaming, temp and bowling, movies, hot pools, spa pools, lollies, uh, the whole gambit in the first hour of the school holiday. So I'm, I'm on I'm on a knife edge tonight, okay, <laughs> so don't push my buttons. <laughs> uh, message received. All right, uh, this might push one of your buttons straight off the bat. Uh, unfortunately, the Warriors season came to an end over the weekend. Here's how it sounded. The full-time hooter will go now, and that'll be the end of our season. They've given us all something to be immensely proud of. As Tamari Martin is brought to the ground and Brisbane take the win, 42 points to 12. Yep, that's how she sounded at the end. It was a little bit of a disappointing uh, defeat in the end. Uh, on, on Friday, though, mind you, we made our predictions. Here's, here's what my prediction sounded like. If the Warriors win, I think it's going to be by around the two-point margin. Oh, I don't think I can handle watching that. Um, well, luckily for you, you didn't have to watch that because it was an absolute blowout uh, in the end. It was, I don't know, it was a little bit disappointing to, to commentate because towards the end there it was like you knew how it was going to go. And so yeah. it was a bit yeah. tough to sort of sit there and, and watch. And Di, had, Di, Di was thanking the fans for a, a massive season with about 20 minutes to go. <laughs> yeah, that was... The first 15 minutes was hectic, man. That was super hectic with the DWZ try, then the intercept... Yeah. Um, but then it just unraveled uh, late in that first half, and you could kind of just see the writing on the wall. They were deflated; they didn't know what to do. Yeah, kind of a rabid home crowd. Yeah, on the Mad Monday uh, podcast out this afternoon, well, me and Keys, you'll do a deep dive on it. But basically, there were a couple of things. One was the kicking of uh, Adam Pompey. Now, uh, that was because Sean Johnson wasn't kicking; he had the calf issue. Look, sure. Maybe Sean Johnson might have missed those two, but the, if we had made all of our kicks, then that would have been 18-24 going into the halftime. Um, then, obviously, yeah. that forward pass, which was fucking egregious. <laughs> <laughs> well, not just one, but followed up with another, Yeah, which was even worse. That was the knife in the back. It was like a massive forward pass, and then, and then like half a second later, another one, and yeah. then the ref's like, play on. And, I mean, the, you can tell that Reese Walsh knew that he threw a forward pass because he turned to the ref immediately to protest his innocence before the ref even said anything. That was the, the hallmark of a guilty man. Um, so I think, look, a lot of people are saying, oh, you can't blame it all on that forward pass, um, you know, because in the end the score was massive. They scored 40-something points on us. Um, and I don't put all of the blame squarely on that forward pass. I put the blame squarely on something that happened last week. Let's listen back to it. Are you planning a parade, Gillane? Oh, no. Oh, no. You're literally planning a parade. I may have prepared some material (laughs) around promoting a grand final event that may or may not have the Warriors in it. Well, yeah, it now does not have the Warriors in it. Uh, How do you respond to allegations that you were the jinx by planning the parade a week out? Uh, yeah, look, I can look, I can shoulder some responsibility, but uh, as Matt Heath described it, it's a bit of a, a circular um, firing uh, squad. 
shooting, it's a it's a circular shooting range, really. I mean, there's a lot of people involved in this uh, jinx. Um, you know, there were other people planning functions as well, not just me um, <laughs> uh, around that. But I tell you what, did warm my cockles, and I, you know, it really did warm my cockles. And that is all that footage of uh, people before the game headed to Suncorp. It, it reminded me of the days of the World Cup final, cricket World Cup final in Melbourne. Um, in 2015, you know, this, all the supporters singing, they're all on the balconies, they're yeah. all singing, singing different versions of the Up the Waz song. It, it was awesome to see, but um, that was about as heartwarming as it got because my heart got snapped an hour, an hour later. There's nothing like that Caxton Street here in New Zealand. To be fair, there's not really anything like it um, over in Aussie either, other than Caxton Street. But doesn't that look like incredible? It New Orleans. It did, yeah. It looked like Bourbon Street. Yeah. We need to get over there next year, um, particularly, I know they have magic round over there, um, but that, that atmosphere looked incredible beforehand. Let's do, let's do magic round. Yeah. Might as well. I know Dahim would hate magic round, um, but maybe let's get him over there and, and, and sell it to him. And try and convince him. Yeah, okay, I'm all in. Um, yeah, a, a great season from the Warriors, and as Andrew Webster said, uh, this is a great platform. We're going to be even better next year. RTS is back. Um, it's looking like, and I know this is early doors, but it's looking like next year could be, this is what I'm hearing at least, our year. So <laughs> let's see how that goes. Um, yeah, full deep dive on the Mad Monday podcast, uh, me and Keezy later on this afternoon. Ireland put the smackdown on South Africa. Here were our predictions of that game on the Friday. Uh, I think South Africa are going to thump Ireland and yeah. freak everyone out. I couldn't have been much more wrong. Here was your prediction. But both of them have got big dick confidence at the mm -hmm. moment. They, you know, one and two. Yeah. Ireland never really, now in the one and twos and ranting, they, they no. rate themselves. Yeah. So, but I agree, I think South Africa will win and I want them to win. So you are now listening to the least successful uh, sporting podcast of all time. Our predictions are yep. uh, 0-3 so far across the Friday. We both thought South Africa were going to win. Did you watch uh, this game? It was early doors yesterday. Yeah, it was a pretty brutal affair. Uh, it was a torrid affair. It was World Cup final-esque uh, in its brutality, I thought, and in terms of um, how close it was, how even the teams were. That could have been a World Cup final. It may well still be a World Cup. Cup final, that might be the dress rehearsal right there. Um, but yeah, Ireland, I mean, I didn't think they were going to muscle up to the South Africans, but they did. Man, those replacement props for South Africa, one of them, one of them is potentially the biggest unit. He must only be about five foot. He has got an ass that is itself weighs about 40 kgs. They just bring on these ogres, yeah. uh, replacement front rowers. But it didn't do them any didn't do them any favors though, so they still lost. Uh, so that means that the All Blacks are most likely going to play uh, Ireland uh, in the quarterfinal. And look, I'm not unhappy about that. No, um, I'm not unhappy about playing uh, Ireland because I think South Africa at the moment just know how to kill a game and would just kill us and and just choke us out. Whereas I think Ireland might have the tendency to be sucked into our game plan and start running it around. Um, so I'm not. I'm not aggrieved by that. I think playing Ireland in the quarters for us, anybody has to say, well, you've got to get past Italy first. It's like, come on, it's Italy. <laughs> if we don't beat Italy, we're going to be like uh, the laughing stock like Australia currently are. Yeah, that's right. If we don't beat Italy, uh, we've got bigger problems than, um, you know, uh, how we go against South Africa and that kind of thing. Um, I thought that this game went sort of more or less how I thought it was going to. Like it was 
like you said, a turgid, torrid affair. Very low scoring, 8-15. to 15. Yeah. This is what South Africa do, is they drag you down into their game and they make you play the way that they play. And it's messy and it's scrappy. And then every now and then Cheslin Colby will score from the other end of the earth. But the problem, yeah. I think this is the one weakness with their game, is that because it's so low scoring, one try can win you or lose you the game. And that's basically what's happened in this game. I Like you say... I was checking the old uh, Reddit threads about this game and everyone was just saying, if that's what the grand final looks like, we're here for it. Like, that's exactly what we want from the grand final of this Rugby World Cup. Um, yeah. So despite the, the, the low-scoring affair, it was um, still quite a, a back-and-forth game. I just, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I'm with you. I would rather face Ireland than South Africa, even watching Ireland just beat South Africa. We don't play like Ireland do. We try yeah. and play it a bit more expansive. And I feel like you can do that a bit more against Ireland than you can against South Africa. But I don't know. I could be wrong. I've been wrong three times in the last 10 minutes. So. This is true. We are breaking down games that we did not call and have no idea what we're talking about. But yeah. two, two, two of the most outstanding players for Ireland, Bundy Aki and James Lowe. Yep. <laughs> um, two Kiwis. Yeah. Um, Bundy Aki, he's a unit. Man, he is a unit. He yeah. just gets bigger and stronger every year. Um, and it was so great interviewing him at the end. They got player of the match and got interviewed, and he was just saying that he's never heard the crowd like it. The Irish were just singing all the way through, um, and he seems like a real GC, actually, Bundy Aki. Yeah, he does. And James Lowe as well, you know, he's another one of these dudes who just couldn't get game for the All Blacks, and so he's like, bugger it, I'm just going over to Europe and just see what happens. And I like the way yeah. they use him as well. He's got a howitzer for a right boot, and they use him to clear them out of, um, out of their own 22 quite often. I feel like that's quite a good uh, little innovation in world rugby, using the using the winger to get them out. Yeah, despite I mean, despite his high pony, um, yeah. he is a good player. I saw him affect one massive tackle on one of the, of the, of the South African line. It was just Sni- picked him up, Snyman, Sneeman, yeah. yeah, lifted him just into picked, the air. Just picked him up like a twig, and then held him and like careful not to get him like uh, above the horizontal. Yeah, just held him up in the air and let his forwards come. Held him up, and um, they won the. They won them all after that, but um, yeah, bring it on, bring it on, bring on the quarterfinals. Bring on um, both of them. Can we talk about how much Australia suck? Yep. That game has just wrapped up now. Uh, I need to check the final score, and it is forty to six. They did not cross the try line at all. The uh, the Wallabies, they were atrocious. As I walked into work this morning, the game was on, and it was on every screen around the ground floor here in our yeah. building. And that's probably about a hundred people watching it, and all of them. Giant smiles, ear-to-ear smiles, watching Aussie get towed up. Because a lot of people wouldn't have been paying attention to Australian rugby for the last couple of years and probably didn't realise how shit the Wallabies are. And yeah. they have been absolutely spanked here by Wales. Do you know Do you know who else had a big smile on their face? And that is uh, the Australian coverage had Michael Hooper uh, <laughs> as part of the coverage team. And you could tell he had a little smirk. He was pretending like he cared about Australian rugby. He, he was pretending like this was bad for Australian rugby. This was a dark day. But you could tell he had a little smirk underneath the thing, saying like, fuck you, I should have been in that team. Yeah, oh, <laughs> you don't want to pick me. If I was over there. Yeah, oh, you don't want to pick me. Eh? Oh, well, let's oh, yeah. see how you go. This just further um, backs up my point that I've been saying for a long time. Eddie Jones actually doesn't know what he's doing. He's just a Magoo who's been in charge of like some pretty good teams. And when they win, he looks inspired. When they lose, he looks like a complete numpty. And that's what he looks like at the moment. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to play for a guy like that. Yeah. It'd be hard to be in the huddle and go, let's do it for Eddie. Let's do it for that fucking <laughs> stupid Malteser. Like, yeah. No, and, you know, it's... He's, he thinks he's taking the heat off them out of the media, but the players are used to that. No, and he's, to- he's adding more onto it because everyone's watching now. 
Yeah. Well, they're done now, aren't they? They're well, done. Uh, they're going to have a mad Monday. Yeah. Uh, they're going to have a huge mad Monday. Hopefully, something disastrous happens. Um, something controversial. Get someone to run over some parked cars and smash some windows. Yeah, a hundred percent. But Aussie, they'll just everyone in Australia will just tell you that they don't care about rugby union. They'll be like, nah, we don't give a shit. They're all just um, switching over to rugby. Well, they've always been on rugby league. I think, and I was saying before the World Cup, when the Aussie squad was announced, I was like, I feel like they're skipping this World Cup. I feel like they've named, because they had like three dudes who had never played for the um, Wallabies, a couple of dudes who'd played like one game, and I feel like that they had just circled the 2027 Home World Cup and said, look, fuck it, half our team's going to be, half of our 2027 team right now is playing in the NRL. So we're going to have a completely different team come 2027. We'll circle that, we'll win that one at home, and um, make heroes of these dudes. And I honestly think that's how that one's going to play out. So I don't yeah, think I don't yeah. think they care too much about this one. It looks like a development team, you're right. But um, also, going back to the Australian coverage, they also had Sonny Bill Williams as part of their coverage team in France. Oui. And seeing him at halftime, and he was talking about we we need to we need to de up we need he's like just gone full australian oh <laughs> so he's like we need to just focus more we, I mean, we're letting ourselves down in defense and i was sitting there going fuck you sonny bill <laughs> i i so i've always had this theory like you know everything sort of balances out if someone's really athletic they're probably a little thick or if they're really smart they're probably not very athletic if they're really good looking they might have not have a great personality and every now and then you see a dude like sonny bill and you're like oh fuck off he's good looking he's ridiculously athletic he's made heaps of money he's a family man he's religious and then watching him try and form sentences on tv you're like oh there it is there it is there's the (laughs) thing he can't do (laughs) it's all it's all swings and roundabouts isn't it he's a he's i reckon he might be the greatest athlete that we've ever produced as a country just in terms of like athletic ability and achievement he's won everything everywhere he went um but yeah can struggle to string a sentence together sometimes that and I don't reckon I don't reckon he could bowl a right arm over. No, definitely not. No, I certainly I certainly don't think he could bowl a wrong one. Um no. <laughs> which is the one thing that I've got over him. Um so yeah, the rugby world cup rolls on. Just before we wrap up here, I, there was one article that really caught my eye today and I had to share it with you and I really want to share it with the listeners. If you get the chance, go and look this one up. It's on stuff. Oh god. It is and the headline reads England cricket captain Ben Stokes on how hair loss affected him. And I thought, this is great. Is that an ad? <laughs> this is tremendous. So I go and I open the article, and the headline there says, it was all getting too much. And it's one of these, like, what do they call them, like an editorial or something? You know those big, long pieces that aren't about a news story? It's a bit more yeah, yeah. creative, and they, 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 they don't mention the headline for about three pages, so it's one of those. And the article starts off with how he's modelled his look and his leadership style off Brad Pitt's character War Daddy uh, from the movie Fury. I haven't seen the movie, but what? I... <laughs> yeah. So, so he's modelled the look of War Daddy. He wants to look like War Daddy. Uh, and then he, yeah, wanted to... He's modelled his leadership style off him as well. The thing wanks on and on and on about how much he wants to be like War Daddy. And then after about two pages, it gets to the uh, how he's gone and got the full turkey helmet um, thing going on and then how that's massively changed his approach to the game by having earplugs. Is this so, not the most Magoo story that you've heard? Is he... Where's that come from? Is he... Is he, is he authorised that? Has that come out of 
was that like an interview from like 10 years ago or something around because we all knew he had plugs yes because we we got photos up of him as a youngster and he's he's like as bald as martin crow and then yeah. all of a sudden he's got these orange locks back um of course you talk about the 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 turkish helmet you, you you're referring to the the um the booming industry that is men flying to turkey to get plugs yeah and then coming back into the uk all with head bandages on yeah i've seen a video on social media of the departure lounge at the international airport in istanbul and they're just panning <laughs> around and it's just full of dudes with bandages on their heads they've all gone there to get the same thing their helmet <laughs> so that's what he's what done it, what is it with cricketers why are cricketers so what's what's wrong with them that they they're that they always have to get plugs. You got Graham Gooch, you got Shane Warne, um, you know, Martin Crow, you got Doug Bollinger. Stokes, you got Greg Matthews. Like, what is, what is, what is, why do they need plugs? What it is, I think, is they are uh, individual athletes. Like, we talk about this all the time that it's a team sport, but made up of individual contributions. And so they're yeah. very about themselves. Um, and also, they stand with their back to a crowd, you know, quite close to the crowd so they can hear it. I wonder if that gets in their head. You're wearing a hat. Ninety-five percent of the time, you are playing cricket. You're wearing a hat. Okay, is it is it the shock factor that when you take the hat off, everyone goes, oh, "You're Chris Harris." Yeah, I right. don't, I don't know either. I feel like there's so much pressure on it because we haven't seen. You go back to like the '80s. There's bald All Blacks all across the field, whereas oh. now it's Mark Talia and that's it. I feel like <laughs> it's really gone out of fashion to be a bald professional athlete. Someone needs to bring oh. it back. Yeah, well, oh, yeah, I know. What's what's happening? I mean, I I think people should really front foot it and go full George Costanza or Larry David, just own own the sides and back. Yeah, uh, full Chris Harris side of a ball, of a baldy. Um, I mean, I'm thinking about potentially just shaving my head into a Costanza, like just, <laughs> just every day when I'm shaving my face, just shave the top of your head into the Costanza or into the Larry David, and just see see how that see how that goes. Yep. Um, uh, I highly recommend, actually, Lane, I, I recommend you go and read this article. You're going to love it, um, and you do it as well. Uh, all right, we'll knock it on the head for today. We'll be back again tomorrow with another edition of The Daily Agenda. We'll see you then. Fuck everyone! Fuck everyone! Fuck everyone! The ACC's Daily Agenda podcast, powered by Musashi.